Welcome to episode 24 of the Family Geekery podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Ember. And I'm Danny. And in this episode, we're going to do a character profile on the Marvel character Dazzler. But before that, let's talk about our week. Any news? Anything going on? Amber? Um, I guess uh, while, when we're filming this, uh, tomorrow is the uh, Dominaria United pre-release. So I'm going to go with my board game club and play some magic with all the new stuff. Sounds fun. So this is a new release of cards? Yeah. A new set? Mm-hmm. Very cool. How about you, Danny? Nothing much for me, but um, a new season of an anime that some of my friends and I watch uh, came out today, JoJo. I'm not caught up to the new season, but a lot of my friends are excited for the new season. Cool. It is a new season of a whole bunch of shows, and I'm having a hard time catching up with all of them. We got the House of the Dragon, got, of course, She Hulk, um, Sandman, which I haven't started yet. And then I think starting either tonight or tomorrow is going to be the Lord of the Rings one on Amazon. Wait, what? I didn't even see a trailer for that. Yeah, they've had a countdown on their site for the last couple of days, so that's starting. Wow. I think probably tomorrow so all these shows coming out not enough time but let's see what else uh i went to a comic-con last weekend just a little one day one local here and uh it was good saw some familiar faces and saw some new faces and looked at a couple comics <laughs> but there's more more non-comic stuff going on there i guess uh you know artists and a lot of cosplay stuff going on. But it was good. A lot of Star Wars characters there too. And what else? I just finished the uh, the book I was reading, The Press Reset. That's an excellent book. A really neat insight into the, the world of a video game developer. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of good stories about how these uh, games get made and how it affects the lives of the people making them. So if you ever want some insight on that, that book and the book before that, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, are excellent, excellent books. But let's uh, let's go to the subject matter at hand this week. We're gonna we're gonna be doing some character profiles in the coming weeks, and uh, we're gonna kind of pepper it in with with some other subjects. But this week we decided to pick a character, and, and Amber's gonna be the lead on on this week's character. She picked Dazzler. Oh, why'd, yeah. you pick, why'd you pick Dazzler? Well, only because she's my favorite superhero of all time. Do you, do you think out of 100 people, how many have heard of Dazzler? Oh, um, probably not many. Um. <laughs> like, like she's not showing up on the Family Feud board if you say uh, 100 oh. people are polled. What's your no. favorite Marvel character? Sadly, I don't think so. Mm. I told someone today what we were talking about. I was like, oh, Dazzler. They went, who? <laughs> so the X-Men? Oh, okay. So yeah. Favorite character. All right, so let's uh, let's get into it. You, you know, you're going to go ahead and uh, talk about the character and talk about some of the history of the character and, and, and who she is. And then we picked four key issues 
to talk about, and we're all going to kind of tackle those those issues. So, so go ahead. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, so Dazzler um, or Allison Blair is uh, kind of known, associated with the X Men. She is a a disco gal to start out with. She um, her power, her mutant ability is to turn sound into light. And basically that's how she fights and stuff. Um, her original appearance is a pretty iconic silver jumpsuit and roller skates. Um, and she's got like blue eye makeup, you know, very disco, um, but like with a nice eighties twist. Um, Cause that's when she, first came out um then she gets a couple other outfits um you know she gets one from professor x and in general her outfit and her vibe kind of changes as popular music styles change so she started with um with disco and and you know kind of got a more edgy grungy look and and finally now she just kind of looks like pink, which is really cool. <laughs> um, another reason why I like her, pink's a good singer. Um, so I guess a little bit about her development in the real world. Um, Marvel Studio, or I guess just Marvel, wanted to team up with Casablanca Records and make a musical superhero, and Casablanca would make a um, actual, um, record. And I think there was like a movie in the, in the deal as well. Um, but sadly, um, those two things didn't pan out and we just got comics, which was pretty cool. Um, you say sadly, but imagine the movie that would have been made. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In the late (laughs) seventies in the, in the heyday of, of, uh, disco. I mean, it would have been a cult classic. I I don't know. <laughs> um, so my the first time I ever saw her actually was in the X Men arcade game where she's a playable character, um, and that came out in what ninety two. Um, so that's I guess kind of where she became more popular. Um, but her comics ran in the eighties. And a little bit about her story. Um, She was raised by her father and her grandmother because her mom walked out on them um, when she was a toddler, when she was really little. Um, And so she kind of has an ongoing conflict with her dad. Her dad wants her to follow in his footsteps and become a lawyer and go to law school. Um, But she really wants to uh, be a singer and an entertainer. kind of like her mom was. Um, And her first ever emergence of her powers was at a school dance uh, where, you know, she was performing on stage. There was a talent show and some goons came in and and she freaked out and kind of blinded everyone (laughs) in, uh, temporarily blinded everyone. Uh, We'll talk more about that in her uh, first issue. Um, after that, she kind of, you know, has a struggling career, you know, wanting to be a singer and tries to get gigs and all of her gigs keep getting um, destroyed and, and stuff by various 
villains and other superheroes and stuff. Um, and also she gets kidnapped a lot and, you know, sometimes she saves herself. Sometimes there's other people to save her. Um, but a running theme is just get getting kidnapped and then going back to trying <laughs> to sing and struggling. And then, you know, the X-Men keep wanting to recruit her and she just keeps saying no. Um, she does work with them a couple of times, but you know, whenever they ask her to train with them and become a, a full-fledged member, she says no. She wants to focus on her career. Um, at some point, she's manipulated to join the Avengers um, alongside Angel, um, who she dates briefly. Um, she also uh, hangs out with Beast a lot. It seems to be her closest um, ally in the X-Men. Um, and she also dates Longshot, Um she even has a baby with Longshot um, through some sort of weird time travel-y thing. Uh, she also, it, it at some point, is part of a gladiator ring and fighting and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So she has some run-ins with some people there. Um, and more recently, she was part of New Excalibur and A-Force, which, and A-Force is a all-female team Avengers kind of deal. Cool. Yeah. So that's a brief rundown on her story. Pretty neat. Did you learn something in this research? I learned a lot of things. Oh, she also dies and comes back to life a couple times. And just kind of mysteriously, nobody knows how she does it, but it just happens. (laughs) (laughs) Got to bring back all the characters when they die. Yeah. And then as soon as you get the multiverse thing, it's, oh, just her from another multiverse happened to come back and she's going to take her place. You know, that stuff happens a lot. She's in Thor in one of the multiverses. <laughs> in one of the worlds, she's she's Thor, which is interesting. I didn't know that. Does she speak uh, like Norse-like? <laughs> I don't know. I just, there's a, a couple pictures, I think. Earth, what, 616 meets other Thor Dazzler? I don't know. (laughs) I could see her in Asgard walking around saying, Groovy, baby. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, cool. So let's talk about the uh, the issues that we picked out. We picked out uh, X-Men number 130. And because that was her first appearance. Yep. And then we picked uh, Dazzler number one. So shortly after that, she had her own series, which ran for several years. So we picked that. We picked Dazzler number 33, which uh, we'll explain why we picked that one. And then A-Force number one. And there was two A-Forces, uh, uh, two A-Force series. And we picked the first one. So let's uh, start off with X-Men 130. Who's going to tackle that? issue that would be me all right danny so what what's going on in uh in her first appearance what's happening so it starts out with like um some of the x-men characters uh gene gray cyclops nightcrawler and they're basically on the hunt for 
a new mutant that they discover. They don't know who it is, if it's male, female, how old they are. They don't know their powers. But that's kind of what um, they're looking for. And they stumble across this, like, disco place. And they're like, okay, who is hanging out in this disco (laughs) place? And why are they a mutant? So Jean... Um, Jean Grey kind of like tries to use her powers, but she's not really getting anything. Um, meanwhile, there's this guy, Jason, um, Win, Wingard, and he's kind of like the bad guy of, um, this comic, and he's in captured, um, some of the X-Men, like Wolverine and and Storm, and then we also see Kitty Pride in this comic, who attempts to save them, but they notice her, and she just escapes, and then I don't really know what is going on here, but the Jason, like, guy sees Jean Grey, and he makes her have this, like, reality of them getting married and they kiss and cyclops is like what (laughs) why (laughs) why are you kissing this guy and she's like i don't know why i did that (laughs) but (laughs) that's that's what they did and then um he had these like robot things come out to go and fight the x-men who were um, trying to find um, Dazzler and Dazzler was like on stage or something like performing and these robot things attack them and she uses her powers and X-Men are like, oh, we found her. And then (laughs) after the fight, they talk to her and they're like, hey, you have powers. Um, People are trying to get you, so... We can help you. And that's that. It was pretty neat um, in that issue because, at least from what I gathered, the, the, the goons, I don't know if they were guys in suits or robots or what, but it seemed like they had um, learned how Professor X trains the X-Men and so kind of had like ways to combat against uh, Jean Grey and Cyclops and Dazzler being there and them not knowing how to, you know, train Dazzler's powers was pretty cool because they didn't know how to react to her. They didn't know how to react to her fireworks. Her, her yeah. Her Dazzler. Oh, come on, it's not fireworks. That's Jubilee's thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just light. <laughs> it's flashy, flashy lights, and that's that's why she wears that uh, that silver outfit. So it kind of magnifies it, huh? Mm, yeah. It reflects off of it. A little disco ball. <laughs> well cool what'd you think about the uh the dialect some of the dialect in that issue which is from what 1980 i believe like very misogynistic <laughs> like the the guys in the bar are just like saying horrible things to the to the females and yeah everyone's babe for some reason babe, yeah. <laughs> yeah much different world than than what yeah, we live in today sure. different dialect well, cool. Did you did you like that? Uh, you, you guys both read that, of course. Uh, did you like that issue? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of stepping right in the middle of, you know, obviously the X-Men series. So at this point, all that other stuff's going on in Chicago with the, uh, with what Shaw kidnapping, uh, is it Wolverine, Storm, Professor X, and somebody yeah. else, Colossus? I forget the third like, one. Yeah. I think it's Colossus because they're all like naked or they're like in their underwear oh, yeah, in the yeah, cages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone keeps on talking about how sexy Colossus is, I guess. <laughs> I but, liked yeah. reading it because I liked hearing, you know, at the beginning it's like, oh yeah, we've got one mutant here and one in Chicago. And I'm like, well, who's the one in Chicago? And you turn a couple pages and it's Kitty Pride's one of her first uh, appearances, which she's one of my other favorite superheroes and X-Men. So it was cool to see how they kind of originated around the same time. Yep, pretty cool. So after that, we went on to uh, Dazzler issue number one. Yeah. She gets her own book. And I'll talk about this one. Uh, So in Dazzler 1, it starts off and she's, you know, coming home, um, walking from a a gig, I guess. And these guys corner her in an alleyway. And um, something about them, I don't know, working for her... um, the, the owner of the club or something. Um, and so they start to attack her, you know, just, just to spook her to, to get her to take a deal or something. Um, but she, you know, in self-defense starts to defend herself and, um, Spider-Man shows up and helps her and together they, they defeat these guys. Um, Spider-Man strings them up. (laughs) Um, so then she, she goes home, she kind of reminisces, um, and you get to see her um, her story, her um, first emergen- emergence of her powers, and you get to see a little bit about her, you know, telling her dad she didn't want to go to law school um, and wanted to pursue music instead. Um, and so you just get a lot of good background information, um, similarly to, I guess, um, in She-Hulk um, 1, we got to see a lot of information there too. So it's, it's cool that this one also has that going on. Um, and then it kind of switches to, you know, X-Men POV. She's calling them, you know, to maybe, you know, maybe her career's not working out. Maybe she'll join the X-Men, but then, you know, Storm answers and she's like, nope, I, I don't need to do this. I'm going to make my music work. So she <laughs> she's having trouble making rent and she's looking for yeah. a mansion to live in <laughs> Can I couch surf yeah. for a little bit she's well i got like two things in her fridge um and then it goes to the avengers mansion and we hang out there for a little bit um and beast sees on the newspaper that he sees something and we don't know what it is yet and so he kind of busts down the the hallway and makes a bunch of racket and then, you know, goes to Dazzler's apartment outside the window and it's like, here, look, a gig. And so he, for some reason, shows this gig to her. Um, and so she's like, oh, awesome. This is a, a good opportunity. And so she decides to go to that. Um, meanwhile, in Asgard, 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, you turn the page and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Yeah, so Enchantress does Enchantress things, turns a guy into a tree, and then uh, I guess consults her magic mirror of a fountain for something fun to do. <laughs> and it shows a disco ball. So she's like, I'm going to go to Midgard and become a disco star. And so she does. She goes to Earth and um, kind of enchantresses her way into, you know, getting this gig. And then Dazzler shows up and they're like, hey, sorry, um, we already gave it to her. And she's like, at least let me sing. So they let her sing and do her thing. Um, and they pick Dazzler over Enchantress, which doesn't make Enchantress very happy. And that's where that issue ends. Yeah, they had a full-on sing-off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that's pretty good. And, like lots of cameos in that yeah. first issue, which which are important in uh, in Marvel comics. If you've got a character you're developing, and you don't don't know if it's going to capture all the audiences. But hey, let's throw the X Men and, <laughs> and Asgard and the Avengers all in here. It'll be a little bit something for everything, for everyone. Yeah. All right. So after that, we went on to Dazzler issue number thirty three. So Dazzler Dazzler issue number thirty three. This couple of years into the thing now so we're into the early 80s 82 83 time period i think and this one is titled chiller and on the cover of it is a very michael jackson thriller-esque type cover so uh starts off with allison and her friend and now she's living in in california and yeah. she's in the movie theater watching a new vincent price movie so did you catch that that it was vincent price up on the on the screen no. Do you know who Vincent Price is? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me start with that. So Vincent Price, he's got two uh, stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for movies, one for TV. He did over 100 films, a lot of horror films. And uh, befittingly, he was also the voice of the, the rap in the Thriller song. So the darkness, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So a uh, very iconic uh, horror actor, did lots of films. So he's he's the one that's on the screen when you first open up that issue and his name's on the marquee when they're leaving the, the theater. So they leave the theater because, uh, you know, she's she said she's got enough scary stuff in her real life that she doesn't need to see scary stuff on the movies. But the uh, the movie is, is by a very iconic, uh, I guess, horror director that's famous in this in this uh, universe of uh, that we're living in here so they go home and she's getting ready to call it a night and she gets a phone call from her uh, agent and her agent says hey get ready in 30 minutes I'm going to bring you to this uh, swag Hollywood party going to be lots of important people there and we'll, we'll get you networked in so she uh, she gets dressed and, uh, you know, he says something like, be sexy, baby, you know, like <laughs> like any kind of creepy Hollywood agent would do. I think they also date briefly. Oh, really? Just to put that out there, yeah. She kind of dates a couple people. <laughs> uh, I mean, these comics, they're all like, like a soap opera where you've got... Yeah. <laughs> everybody's going to eventually date everybody on the show, you know, in a soap opera. <laughs> So, uh, so they go to this uh, Hollywood party, and uh, she's meeting a couple people. Some people her agent want her to meet. Some people her agent don't want her to meet because they're creepy. And uh, 
And then she meets this uh, this famous director, the director of the film that she was just watching earlier that, that night, you know, famous uh, horror director. And he immediately catches uh, her eye and says, hey, I want you uh, I want you in something show up tomorrow or something. <laughs> so <laughs> so she's uh, she's buying her time as a aerobics instructor at a, a local gym during the day. And then she goes and auditions for this director the next night. And he's like, you got the part. And she's like, well, I didn't even audition yet. And he's like, okay, show me a quick dance. So she does like two steps. He's like, you're hired. <laughs> so, so what, what they're hired, what she's hired for is a movie, a music video for uh, Teddy Lingard, which is a very Michael Jackson looking character in this issue. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently he's like the, uh, the big thing right now. So, She's like totally stoked that she's working for this very famous director and working for this very famous singer's uh, music video. And it's basically going to be like a, a thriller video. So she goes in the makeup chair for a couple hours, looks like a zombie. And the director puts all the zombies on the set. Got the, uh, got the dude dancing around and singing. Got the zombies buried in the dirt. And they're supposed to come out and freak them out. And... And... Uh, Lo and behold, she's buried underneath this dirt with no air tube. So the the idea is she's she's supposed to die, and the uh, the director is the one that's uh, kind of rigged this whole thing. So the the director is going around, and he calls it bad luck, but he's kind of rigging like bad things happening everywhere he goes. Like his car blows up at that party that we were just at the night before, and things happen bad on on the sets of his movies all the time, and. Uh, and he's doing all this on purpose to get notoriety, to get the, the press there. He actually calls the uh, press before he shoots this music video, tells the press, hey, you want to show up at, at this, uh, this this stage and, uh, you know, something's going to happen. And he just makes an anonymous tip to them. So they're showing up. He's uh, pretending to be so distraught that he accidentally buried one of the actresses under the dirt but little did he know that she's been breathing the whole time because she used some uh, some laser light to poke holes in the dirt so that she could she could breathe through it, and her aerobic activities have have uh, developed her <laughs> lungs to where she can stay underneath dirt for fifteen minutes and, and breathe. So uh, so she comes out looking like a zombie, and starts haunting him basically, and saying, "You killed me on purpose. I heard the phone call. I knew it was going to happen." And he confesses everything right there in front of the press. And uh, they cart him off, of course. He's in trouble now. And poor Teddy, uh, Teddy's still got a music <laughs> video to do. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but here's, here's the biggest Easter egg of the whole, whole deal. This is basically, this is a bigger story than the whole story that I just said. So as they're carting him off, Teddy says, we need to get a new director. I wonder if we can get that guy from American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Okay. So have you ever heard of that movie, American Werewolf in London? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So it was a famous movie in the in the eighties, late seventies, early eighties, I think. And it was uh, directed by a guy named John Landis. So that's who they're talking about. Maybe we can get John Landis. They don't name him, but they they do name him, of course. So John Landis, famous American uh, director, famous for, of course, American Werewolf in London. He did a lot of uh, comedies. So he wrote and directed Blues Brothers. 
Oh, okay. um, and then a lot of similar type movies. So Animal House, Trading Places, Three Amigos, Coming to America, Spies Like Us. A lot of comedy movies with, uh, you know, big names from Saturday, Saturday Night Live. And, uh, and he also did a, uh, a movie called Twilight Zone based on the TV show. And when he did this movie Twilight Zone, there was a, uh, an actor and two extras, uh, little girls like seven and six years old, got accidentally decapitated by a helicopter. Uh, so oh. they were filming this uh, Twilight Zone thing. They had some pyrotechnics go off. The pyrotechnics were too close to where the helicopter was. They burned up part of the helicopter rotors, uh, propellers, and it crashed down on them. And uh, it was horrible. So, so this happened. And some people speculated that he was kind of loose with how he filmed things and he kind of did it on purpose to get some notoriety. So you got, you got all this going on kind of an inside joke of the, Hey, I wonder if we can get this guy. Cause basically the, the whole issue that they just did was based on mm. him, right? It was right. based on, uh, their version of John Landis. Now John Landis also did, uh, some mu music videos, directed some music videos, uh, a little one called Thriller. <laughs> I haven't heard the, of that one. Yeah. So, so he was actually, I mean, this issue is just basically his life, just, you know, a little lighter version of it. But after, after the Twilight Zone thing is when he did most of those other comedy movies. And he, he really did, uh, even though he was accused of involuntary manslaughter, him and the some of the other cast of that, that movie or some of the other crew of that movie were uh, were accused of that. And I don't know if they got punished for it. I forget, but he did uh, he did make it out past that and did all those other great movies. And So I thought that was uh, a pretty neat little Easter egg that they threw in just in the last couple lines of the comic. <laughs> well, cool. So that leaves us with A-Force number one. Who's going to talk about that? I will talk about that. All right. So, A-Force is less of a, a dazzler thing and more of just a, these are famous comic book women. Let's put them in a comic book together. So I don't know the exact origins of Arcadia, but that's where uh, A-Force takes place. Um, these female superheroes are the protectors of Arcadia. Um, there's some sort of like... I think this is part of Super Wars, or I mean Secret Wars, um, and there's like a Doom thing, and I don't know if that's referring to Doctor Doom or what, um, but basically I guess they're in this bubble or something, and they're protecting uh, the world. Um, they're led by um, She-Hulk, but other notable members of A-Force are um, Captain Marvel and America Chavez. Um, and of course, Dazzler. Um, so they're protecting uh, Arcadia from a megalodon, um, a giant monstrous shark, you know, thought to be extinct, but there's one right here. And uh, America Chavez, you know, as, as they're defeating this megalodon, she picks it up and throws it really far, which 
is bad for some reason. Again, I don't really know the context. <laughs> um, she breaks some sort of doom rule, whatever, whatever that means. Um, and so she Hulk is kind of, you know, in charge and has to punish her when she doesn't really want to. Um, and, um, she, she even asks, uh, Dr. Strange, um, if there's anything that he can do and, it's funny, like, Doctor Strange in this comic doesn't care about America Chavez, doesn't even bother to know her name, where we just watched, you know, Multiverse of Madness, and all he cares about is America Chavez. So it's kind of funny um, to see this um, this aspect. Because um, he's Sheriff Strange in this. Yeah. Yeah, he's Sheriff Strange. Um, so they punish uh, America Chavez and basically send her to... The shield prison is what they call it. Um, and it looked like, you know, Thor and um, what, what's Thor's friend's name? Um, Ray Bill. Yeah. It seemed like they were both in that prison as well. Um, so she goes in there, um, which upsets Loki, who is a girl Loki and um, this other character, Nico, who I don't know what her powers are, but they're both really upset because America Chavez was a ward of Loki. Um, and as was Nico. So I guess the three of them were really close. Um, so they're both upset. And at the end of the comic, um, there's this blue flash, this blue like comet across the sky. And, and Nico thinks that it's America Chavez. Um, you know, like, Oh good. You said you'd find a way out. You found a way out. Um, it ends up not being uh, America Chavez and instead is, they don't name her in this comic, but it is Singularity, um, who is a, I don't know, a, a cosmic being with real big hair. Um, she's basically like a universe and a person. Yeah. So I guess um, she's kind of the, the main character of the series going forward from my understanding. Um, yep. And yeah, so that's A-Force. So Nico Minoro, yeah, she has she has the power of goth. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> she's one of the Runaways, and she was in oh, the uh, okay. she was in the Runaway TV show. If you saw that, I watched one episode of it. She was the one that had the uh, the staff thing. But yeah, All that was right. a that's a good story. That's coming out of the Secret Wars uh, storyline, and I think. Doctor Doom is basically has this, I don't know if that's the battle realm or the battle world or something like that, and has a bunch of little basically biodomes set up everywhere and each one has its own little story going on. So he's got a bunch of dioramas all over the place is what I what I gather from that. <laughs> and I think the uh the Thors that you saw, I think they are like the uh the lawmen. So uh, that's why they were at the jail. Okay. They okay. had they had um Sam Wilson of the Thors. Yeah. That's the one that came in uh read her sentence. <laughs> it's funny. Sam Wilson's just everyone nowadays. <laughs> yeah. He gets around, but cool. That's a series. I think it's only five issues long, so we should go ahead and finish that off and read through that, complete that story. And then uh, maybe check out the, the second version of it. I think one came yeah. out in 2015 and the other was a year later, 2016. But yeah, it was fun uh, catching up with our friend Dazzler. Well, that's not all. Unfortunately, she has been in a movie 
<laughs> we can't, <laughs> we can't talk. Finally, I was so excited to hear. Well, she was in, um, there was a Dazzler uh, Easter egg in um, Apocalypse, I think, um, yeah. where she was on a cover of, um, on a record cover. Um, and it was pretty cool uh, to see that. And then I don't even want to talk about it, but Dark Phoenix happened and Dazzler was in it <laughs> briefly. Um, and that was probably the only redeeming fact factor of that movie for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was portrayed by Halston Sage, who um, me and Danny know from a Nickelodeon show um, called uh, How to Rock. But um, she was also in uh, the movie Paper Towns based on the John Green book. And uh, most recently, she was in The Quarry, the, the video game that um, Supermassive made recently that I, I talked about a, a, quite a few episodes ago. So a good actress. Um, they should have done more with her. <laughs> they had some hype leading up to that movie and little hints that said that she was going to be in it. But it's it's strange that they would have her as one of the six characters in a very popular video game. Right. But, but then appear nevermore. I guess maybe they think that she's like stuck in a particular time frame, like a 70s disco queen. She's called Marvel's Disco Queen. <laughs> maybe she, maybe she doesn't belong in a, a 2010 you know setting, but but she's evolved over the years. Still looks yeah. good for being what 50, 60 years old, probably. <laughs> she can still still rock the disco outfit. But yeah, it was fun uh, catching up. Uh, we're gonna have Danny pick the next uh, character spotlight. Do you have any clue what you're gonna pick? I have an idea. Okay. You're going to keep it a secret until it comes out? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you, you guys can guess. It's not like there's like 20 of them on my night um, on my dresser. <laughs> <laughs> well, the audience doesn't know. <laughs> Kang the Destroyer. <laughs> Biggest collection of Kang action figures I've ever seen. <laughs> you got them all. <laughs> Cool. So I think that's going to wrap up this uh, this episode. And uh, be sure to check out our other channels, like our YouTube channel, which, Amber, you didn't mention in your news. I didn't. I forgot. News, but uh, Amber's been playing through a new game. What's the name of that game? Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the Lamb. And uh, we've got a couple of her uh, playthroughs of that up on YouTube right now. And uh, you like the game so far? Oh, I love the game so far. And that's it's, uh, published by Devolver, right? I don't I believe, know. <laughs> I believe so. Um, different developer, but published by Devolver. And they have uh, a lot of great games that uh, that they've put out. And this one, it kind of fits right in their genre of, of games that they've they've published. But yeah, very, very cute, uh, dark setting, but a cute game, I guess. Yeah. Be a good way to describe it. Yeah, roguelike with some farming elements. And uh, and worship. And worship, <laughs> yep. 
get your followers to worship your uh, your clan. <laughs> but cool. So uh, check that out on YouTube. We got some other videos coming up uh, every uh, every other day, just about on YouTube. So check that out and uh, follow us on our socials. We're out there on Facebook, a little bit on Twitter. And if you need to catch up on anything else, check out our website, www.familygeekery.com. So we're going to leave you with that. And until next time, peace out. Peace out out and and geek out. Thank you for listening to the Family Geekery Podcast. For more information, visit www.familygeekery.com. Don't forget to subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. And until next time, peace out and geek out. Did I mess up? I don't know. I don't know. It's all good.